Hello and welcome to Church Matters, a place where we ask questions about the role and life of the church at home, across the street, and around the world. This program is brought to you by Mennonite Church Canada. My name is Dan Dick. And I'm Janet Plennert. Today our topic is food security. What does it mean to have food security? What does the Bible have to say about food security? What does the church have to do with food security? In Matthew 14, 20-21, we have a remarkable story. It says, All ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. The story of this miracle can lead us to some important insights about what Jesus thought about food and what God is trying to teach us about food. In just a few moments, we're going to meet our guest, Stefan Epp. Stefan is a food policy analyst with Manitoba Food Charter and attends Home Street Mennonite Church in Winnipeg. Before we invite Stefan to join our conversation, we'll listen to A Little Food for Thought, written by Dan Bergen and performed by the Back Roads Band. I'm raising a child. He's great to me. Aren't you glad he's around? Juice, wait and see. He's the apple of my eye. Right to the coast. Feeling like a banana. Across the kitchen floor. He's always a peach. And we make a good pair. I never palm it for granted. He won't always be there. So let us give thanks. For this role that we hold. This spud's for you. Gonna watch him grow. One day he fell off. Or one day he feel bad. Then he gets a sense of humor. And I know that he's gonna be glad. Now that life is a slice. I gotta make me more bread. I'm gonna get me a night job. Or have another child instead. They say that children are a blessing. And for this, I thank God. I don't want to sound corny. We're two peas in a pod. So let us give thanks for his hand, which is there. I'm a mayonnaise. I gotta sit and stare. Kids are cucumbersome. I've heard those blues. I don't care if they say all I know is you can't asparagus this dude. I serve up some stories, he chews them more than twice. Now his brain's expanding like a pot of rice. He peppers me with questions, he could be charged with the salt. My mind is stretching on the spice rack, but it's not his fault. So let us give thanks. Poor little salad. Talk about what we got. Around 900 million people in the world today are chronically hungry. In Manitoba, 40,000 people, half of whom are children, use a food bank each month. To help us sort out what these staggering numbers mean, we've asked Stefan Epp to join us today. Stefan is a food policy analyst with the Manitoba Food Charter and has experienced hunger and food insecurity firsthand in Zambia. Welcome to Church Matters, Stefan. Thank you for having me. Stefan, what does the term food security mean? 
Well, when we think about food security, what we think of most is hunger. And hunger is definitely an important part of food security. But it's also important to look at the whole food system, starting with how our food is produced. Are the people who are growing our food able to do that in a way that allows them to earn an adequate living? And are they able to do that in a way that's environmentally sustainable? Also, we have to look at making sure that all people in all regions have healthy food. Most people in Manitoba, for example, have enough money to buy all the food that they need to eat, but don't buy healthy foods. And so these are their major concerns right from farm up to fork. So you're talking about food security in Manitoba. How does that relate to a hungry person on the other side of the world? I think around the world, there are many issues that can be addressed by looking at food security through a broader lens. We know that hunger is a major issue around the world and that 900 million people are hungry. So around the world, it's important to ask the question about how food is being produced. Particularly, there are many areas of the world that are vulnerable to environmental catastrophes, um, such as desertification or erosion, these kinds of things. And so it's important to ask how can even places that are hungry have sustainable production systems in the long, in the, in the long term, but also feed people today, here and now. Okay, so I would consider myself food secure. What are some practical things that I can do to make a difference? I think a good place to start would be to support farmers, whether that's your local farmer or whether that's fair trade uh, products from around the world. And that way ensure the people who produce our food are treated fairly and are treated in a way that allows them to earn an adequate livelihood. Uh, We can go to farmers markets, we can buy directly from farmers, these kinds of activities. It's also important for us in our homes and our churches to learn more about food justice issues. This is something that I think for many of us is relatively a new concept and it's something that we can all learn lots about, both as Christians and as people interested in the food that we're eating and what we're bringing into our own bodies. So those are a few important places to start, but also things like growing our own gardens. There's no better way to have a connection to the food you grow and the food that you eat other than growing it yourself. Also seeking opportunities to help others in our own communities. It might be difficult sometimes to help people who are far away who are hungry, but we have hungry people right here in our own cities and our own communities. So there are opportunities for us to help right here at home. So you're talking about buying local from farmers, eliminating some of the middle steps, and also fair trade international products. If we increase our local consumption, what does that mean for the poor farmers on other sides of the world that count on us to buy their products? Well, I think one of the questions we have to ask is how those farmers in other parts of the world are being treated by the global agri-food economy. And likely the answer is that they're not being treated very well. Just as our farmers here are finding that their incomes are decreasing, so are farmers overseas. When countries become dependent on growing single crops for export, the result is that they are dependent on those crops. So, for example, if a farmer is growing bananas and using those to sell for export, and the price of bananas goes down, the farmer is no longer growing their own food, and the value that they have, the money that they have to buy food from other people has also been reduced. So you find that people are vulnerable to downturns in the economy because they are growing purely for export and not to feed themselves. But I think it's also important to recognize that we do buy products from other parts of the world, and when we do that, I think it's important to seek those products that treat those farmers in other places fairly and in a way that will make sure that those farmers are, are viable economically. So if I hear you saying this right, um, if I'm buying bananas from, uh, say, a farmer in Jamaica, 
he may be getting more for his bananas by shipping them and selling them to me here in Canada than he might get locally. The farmer in Jamaica has been told and encouraged to only grow bananas. And by only growing bananas, then they can sell those bananas for export. They have a large amount of bananas to sell. Or if in other countries, coffee, tea, cocoa, other products. But at the same time, that farmer, instead of growing food for themselves and for their communities, is now growing only bananas to export to North America. So one important step, I would say, to addressing food security in these other countries is to reduce their dependence on export to us. Because since they're only growing food, or since they're mostly growing food to sell to us, they're growing less food to feed their own communities. And this works all right, perhaps, when the prices for their products that they're selling are high. But if those product prices drop, then they are left both without food and without the income to buy food from others. So should I stop buying bananas from the farmer in Jamaica so that it forces the global economic structures to change? I wouldn't say that you have to stop buying bananas. In North America, we're used to products from all over the world and products that most of us enjoy. It's important, though, to think about how we consume and the types of foods that we do consume, but also and also to emphasize uh, when we can eating locally and eating local foods as well. Jesus calls Christians to feed the hungry, and we read a great story about the feeding of the 5,000. Um, in what ways is the Bible instructive to us as a church, to a people, in a collective sense, in being faithful to God's calling in stewardship of food? We know the easy responses, or the, what seem to be easy. We know how to give money. We know how to join together as part of a, a fundraiser as, as the church to raise money for a particular project. But we are confused because the problem seems so large and it's so vast and we don't know where to start. Earlier on in the story of the 5,000, uh, when Jesus first tells the disciples to find food to feed the masses, they're confused. And we, we find ourselves in the church today like those disciples. The church has done some remarkable things when it comes to feeding people around the world. And there's the obvious international examples, but I also know of some examples here in Manitoba where for example, the last time I was at Harvest, I was told about a youth group from Winkler that planted a field full of vegetables and harvested them, raised them, and donated them all to Winnipeg Harvest. And so this is a small example of how a church community has gotten together and has completed a very valuable project that has been able to benefit hungry people right here in our local communities. Also, I think it's important to recognize for churches that the communities in which our churches are located are not without hungry people. Hunger is often seen as an issue for some, somewhere else, someplace other than here. But I think it's important for the church to stand back and to realize that there are hungry people all around us. And there may be opportunities that we don't think of to minister to our own communities and to provide food or to, to work on developing food for people within our own communities and not just far away. Stefan, has the church become too accustomed to all the messages and advertising about where to shop and how much to buy and what we should eat? I think in some ways we probably have conformed too much to mainstream culture, but at the same time, I think there's tremendous hope in the church. And there's a recognition, I think, within the church community that there is a prophetic witness there to be had, and there is a role for the church to play in food security. Whether that is through our projects abroad or whether that's through our, our, our work closer to home, there's a recognition that food is important. And I think we haven't lost that. It might be important then to move beyond that and to think, how can we bring a broader understanding of food into our church lives and into our own lives? 
and how can that enrich our, our ministries in our own communities. We know how to feed hungry people, but we are less active, it seems, at times on environmental sustainability issues or on the importance of supporting members of our community who are involved in agriculture or involved in food. So I think we have done quite well on some issues or have done reasonably well, and on other issues we have work to be done. So in changing our own thinking about food in order to make a difference to food security, is this more about our own consumption and purchase patterns, or is it more about politics and policy? In churches and communities, there is tremendous ability to make changes that can influence things on a local level, at a grassroots level, in our own communities. It's also important, though, to have a policy framework that is sympathetic to these kinds of concerns. The issue of food security is one that must be addressed at many different levels. And the church can play a role both in changing its own habits of consumption and the types of activities that it promotes, but also by acting as a prophetic witness to governments and to other organizations to say this is something that we care about strongly and there is injustice happening in our food system that should be addressed. Stefan, thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks very much for having me. Our guest today has been Stefan Epp, Food Policy Analyst for the Manitoba Food Charter. As always, we welcome your comments on this or any of the Church Matters programs. You can send your feedback to office at mennonitechurch.ca or call 1-866-888-6785. To learn more about food security from a faith perspective, visit www.mennonitechurch.ca or call toll-free 1-866-888-6785 and ask for the Resource Center. In the meantime, we invite your prayer and financial support of Mennonite Church Canada. You can donate online or send a gift to 600 Shaftesbury Boulevard, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Write Church Matters on the envelope. My name is Dan Dick. And I'm Janet Plennert. And you've been listening to Church Matters, where our prayer is that you will be called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Tune in again at the same time on the third Sunday of the month to hear more about the many ways that the church matters. Thanks for joining us. As you go out from here, May the Lord go with you, the face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living, salt and light as people of the way.